Welcome to the St. Mary AME Church Weekly Podcast. I am the Reverend James T. Taylor. Come go with us as we gather strength and direction from the Word of God.
Let us pray. Almighty God, we are in awe of your magnificent power displayed through the entire universe. For through you all things were made and all things have their being. We come before you with grateful, thankful hearts that long to adore you and worship only you. Lord, may we know the presence of the Holy Spirit here with us. May we be open to your leading, uh, sensitive to your speaking, and alert to your calling. Father, we invite you, the same power that was worked when Jesus was raised from the grave, to be present with us here, right now. Lord, we declare that you are welcome here among us. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Today our scripture topic is, It is Enough. Scripture will come from Genesis, the 45th chapter, beginning at the 25th verse. It reads like this. So they went up out of Egypt and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. They told him, Joseph is still alive. In fact, he is a ruler of all Egypt. Jacob was stunned. He did not believe them, but when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts Joseph had sent back to carry with them, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. And Israel said, I'm convinced my son Joseph is still alive, and I will go and see him before I die. If you've been following the podcast, last week we left Joseph still in prison. But God still has a way. And we need to always understand that we are connected one to another. So as we look and update ourselves in this story of Joseph, let us be mindful that it is also our story. Joseph was the 11th son of Jacob, who had 12 sons. He was also his father's favorite son. His 10 other older brothers were jealous of Joseph's relationship with their father. They even grew to hate their brother Joseph. They hated him so much that they sold him as a slave. Joseph's path as a slave took him into Egypt. He prospered there for a while, but eventually he was falsely accused of attempted rape and spent several long years in prison. It looks like God had forgotten all about Joseph, but what was just happening is that God had a plan. In all of his trials, God had been with Joseph, leading him, blessing him, developing him for God's glory. At the time, God delivered Joseph from the prison and brought him to the attention of the Pharaoh. Pharaoh took Joseph from the prison and made him the prime minister of Egypt. In that new position, Joseph had great power and wealth. He was used of the Lord to save the nation and much of all the known world in that day from certain starvation. A famine gripped the whole world and people from all over came to Egypt 
to buy food. Among those who came were the ten older brothers of Joseph. They did not recognize him, but he knew who they were. Through a series of events, Joseph brought his brothers to a place of confession. They admitted what they had done to him years earlier, and eventually Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers, and they were reconciled. In the passage that we look at today, Joseph has sent his brothers back to Canaan to get their father and their families. They have all been invited to move to Egypt where they can be fed and protected by Joseph. In our text, we, we see Joseph finding out that, correction, Jacob finding out that his son, Joseph, is still alive. We see him leaving Canaan to go to Egypt to meet his beloved Joseph. And as we watch old Jacob moving down to Egypt, we're allowed to see how God can bring victory out of pain and sorrow. Notice the facts of the story with me as we watch God take a hopeless situation and transform into a more powerful day. I want you to see that there are things that go on, but God is always in charge. And when he say, it is enough, it is enough. The life of Joseph has been marked with trials and tribulations. His father, Jacob, had also had struggles and heartbreaks. His father grew up in a home where there were turmoil between himself and his brother, Esau. He had to leave home after he helped his mother deceive his father, after he stole his brother's birthright. Jacob spent the next 20 plus years working for his uncle Laban. He and his uncle worked as hard as they could to trick and deceive one another. Finally, Jacob leaves Laban's house to return to the land of his father. On the way home, his beloved wife, Rachel, dies. Later, his favorite son, Joseph, goes missing and is presumed dead. That is a thumbnail sketch of Jacob's life. But it sets the stage for the old man he has become. Let us watch Jacob as he moved through these verses. From an early age, Jacob had been taught to expect the worst. He had been trained to be a doubter and a warrior. Notice that events that made him this way. His mother contributed to this. She led Jacob to believe that his father loved Esau more than he loved Jacob. She convinced Jacob that Esau was out to kill him and that he should leave the house. Also, his uncle contributed to this. He deceived Jacob when he gave Jacob Leah for a wife instead of Rachel. He deceived Jacob when he made him work all those years for his wife and flock. Laban even threatened to kill Jacob. <laughs> and then we have his wife. Leah accused Jacob of not loving her. Rachel blamed Jacob for her failure to conceive children. 
And then he would have his sons. They came to him carrying the coat of Joseph. They killed a goat and smeared it with blood on the coat. When Jacob saw the coat, his doubt rose to the occasion and assumed that Joseph was dead. The events of life also contributed to his doubt and worrying. He was forced to leave his home. He was deceived by his uncle. He lived with his four wives and 12 children. His son, with the exception of Joseph and Benjamin, were evil men. His own home was filled with immortality, immorality and sin. His wife died. His brother hated him. His son deceived him. His favorite son was stripped from him. Jacob had been trained by the events of his life and the influence of those around him to be a doubter and a worrier. His sons are down in Egypt now, and, and I'm sure Jacob thinks that he will never see them alive again. He expects the worst possible outcome at all times. Some of you have had that same kind of training. You have been taught to expect the worst. Maybe it was a parent that didn't love you. Maybe it was a trusted adult that misused you. Maybe it was a supposed friend who totally destroyed your confidence and trust in people. Maybe you still hear the voices in your head and they say things like, you were worthless. I wish you were never born. What a loser you are. You can't do anything right. You turn out just like your mother or your father. Maybe you have walked through some hard places that have left these scars on your mind and your heart. These things are part of our world. It shouldn't be, but they are. And when they happen, they can be devastating. They can mark us for life. That is why we must protect our minds from the attacks of the flesh and the enemy. We need to preach to our own hearts and even now and then, and we need to remind ourselves that in Jesus Christ, things are different. Your past and your problems should not be allowed to shape the person you are today. You might not just be able to forget what you have heard and seen, but God can help you get the past that had tried to shape you out of your head. He can help you walk on to victory for his glory. Now, as we move back to Jacob's doubt, his sons returned from Egypt and they came with good news. They tell their father that Joseph is alive and well and down in Egypt. They tell him that Joseph is, is rule, rule of the entire land. And when Jacob hears this, his heart actually skips a few beats. Uh, he can't believe what he's hearing. He refuses to believe that it could even possibly be true. Jacob had held so tightly to the belief that Joseph was dead for many years that he could not even grasp the truth that he might be alive. The good news he heard was simply too good to be true. That's the problem with doubt. It has the power to extinguish the flame of faith in our hearts. Doubt is a powerful weapon. Notice how doubt manifests itself in several places in the Bible. Doubt looked in the face of life and doubt his power to accomplish 
his resurrection. Doubt told Jairus it was too late for his daughter. Doubt told the creator that it was the wrong time and place to fish. Doubt told the Lord God that there was too many people and not enough food. Doubt told the prophet Elijah that there was nothing in the house but a small pot of oil. Doubt was wrong in every case. Doubt is always wrong. When doubt comes your way, remind them of just who your God is. He is a God of matchless and limitless power. He is a God who can do anything he pleases to do. Anything he pleases and he will do. He can even take a situation like the one before us in this text and change it all around for his glory. Our God is able to take it is not and change it to it is so. All the while, Jacob thought Joseph was not. Joseph was alive way down in the Egypt land. Jacob was at home crying. He is dead. It is not. It is not. But God in heaven looked at the same set of facts and he began to say, it is so. It is so. Never forget that heaven can see what you can't see. Here is what you need to remember the next time you face a situation in your life, uh, uh, a situation that is a not situation. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of thine heart. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Now as we look at the sons returning home to their father. Telling their father that Joseph was alive. And his father still couldn't believe it because for many years he had thought that Joseph was dead and his son continually stayed with that lie. Finally, the son say, I want you to take a look outside, daddy. <laughs> There, there's a cart, several carts filled with food, and it came from Joseph. And at that time, Jacob had to come to the understanding that his beloved son was alive. And he's saying, uh, if you're telling me the truth, uh, I think I, I'm going to believe this thing, huh? Because you did not leave here with those carts. Matter of fact, I don't have that kind of cart. And matter of fact, there's an emblem on the cart that doesn't belong to me. And I do believe that Jacob began to have a little shout in his heart. Because what he thought was dead is yet alive. I'm so glad that God can turn our nothingness, our dead stuff that we think into things that have alive and been resurrected. There's nothing too hard for God. I'm so glad that, the, the, that when Jacob began to receive what thus says the Lord, there was joy bells in his heart. I'm so glad that our cart is not empty. The spirit of God indwells in us, fills us, guides us, and uses us. 
He has promised to walk every step of the journey with us. Our Lord has promised to meet every need in our lives according to his riches in glory. God has given us a perfectly inspired and preserved record of himself in the Bible. It is without fail that God, his word, will stand today and forever. And I'm so glad that the salvation of God gives us perfect and complete peace. It washes away every sin and makes every sinner white as snow. It is salvation that endures forever. It is salvation that can take the vilest sinner and transform him into the holiest saint. I'm so glad that our Savior died on the cross, rose again three days later, and then ascended back to heaven. Let us with this promise that he would return and begin to take us home one of these old glad mornings. There are but a few of these many blessings that God has given unto us that right at this present time in our lives. Hold on to what God is doing in your life. I don't know if you saw this or not, but but in verse 25 and through 27, the brothers returned home and, and, and told a broken doubting man, Jacob, their daddy, about the good news. But let me stop right here and let you know that God is able to change anybody. We know that Jacob started out as a trickster and a schemer, but he had a little encounter with God and his name was changed to Israel, the prince of God. I'm here to tell you, no matter how you start, you don't have to end up that way because God has a way of doing things that are impossible for man. I'm so glad that God can change us and even when we don't want to be changed, he can whisper into our spirits and make a change come into our lives. We know that Jacob wrestled all night long and Jacob's example is good for us today. Before he took such a large step, he sought the Lord's face in the matter. We must do the same. We only pass through this world one time and we need to be sure that we get it right. There is no time for mistakes. There is no time for taking a detour. There is no time going down the wrong road. The Lord has a plan and he has a path. It is our duty to find his plan and walk in his path. Be sure you wait before the Lord and discover his will for your life before you make any major decisions. Jacob hears the word of the Lord and moves to follow God because he does the family of Israel is reserved through the famine. More importantly, there are positions to be detected by the armies of God. Over the next few hundred years, they will grow from a struggling family to a nation numbering millions. Jacob followed God. He put his family in a position to be blessed of the Lord. I want that for your family and for my family, for my life and, and for you. When we go with the Lord, we will always find ourselves in the place of blessing and growth. Where does this text find you today? Does it find you living in fear and doubting over various situations in your life? If so, let me assure you that our Lord is enough for your situation. Bring it to him, leave it with him, and look to him for peace and help in your struggles. 
He will convince you that he is enough. Does it find you needing heavenly positions for your journey? Come talk to him about that need. He might just have a cart ready for you. And he will show you that. It is enough. Does it find you needing direction for some big step in your life? Bring it to him. You will find that it is enough. Our God loves us, keeps us, and provides for us. And he is enough. I hope that something has been said that has touched your heart to bring you closer into the knowledge and the understanding of Christ. If this podcast has blessed your heart, drop a comment somewhere. To help us fulfill what God has called us to do. Amen.